Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so glad to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good friend, Dave Barnes. Make sure you check out his new album as well as go see him on tour. He's just the best. He's the very best. Also, today I get to tell you a little bit later about, you know, my favorite new thing in the kitchen, prep dish. So stick around for that. I am loving getting to share them with y'all. And I love that y'all keep tagging me in Instagram posts of y'all trying your prep dish meals. Keep it up. I absolutely love it. Last week on the show, I hope y'all enjoyed that episode with my friends from the Passion Band. I thought it was one of my favorite ones we've had this year. We really have had such a fun year of podcast episodes and I appreciate how much y'all have loved them too but I've just loved them I'm smiling from ear to ear every day about getting to do this show hey speaking of you I told you about this last week but we have a little survey that we would love for you to fill out Um, we just kind of want to make sure that we're having people on the show that you want if there's any guests we don't know about that you're like Annie are you friends with so and so can you have him or her on the show or just letting us know what you think also insider baseball as they say on the relevant podcast um, it's our baseball. We're trying to figure out what to do. We have more guests than we have weeks. And so we're trying to figure out if you guys want two shows a week. And so I need you to tell me that. So you've got to help me. We're friends. You got to help me here. So if you'll just look in the show notes or go to AnnieFDowns.com slash podcast, there's links to the survey. It's super easy to find. If you would take a second and fill that out, that would just mean so much to me so we can make sure we are making the show that my friends want to hear. Speaking of friends, today on the show is my friend Harvest Bashta. You may recognize her last name. Her brother, Daniel Bashta, is also a worship leader and has written some songs that you probably sing in your church. And Harvest songs are next in line. You're absolutely going to love her and her music. I'm glad to have her on the show right after the Passion Band. So we're getting a couple weeks in a row of some really (laughs) incredibly gifted worship leaders. Harvest has been through a really um, hard season lately in her life, and she gets really honest about that. And while you may not have experienced the same thing, or maybe you have, but But what I have learned from this conversation with Harvest is what it looks like to persevere and what it looks like to love God deeply. You will hear her talk about Him in a way that only someone who has suffered can talk about our God. And so I think you're really going to like this. So I hope you're in a place where you can listen, where you can check in, where you can engage. Hope you'll stick with us and just hear what Harvest has to say about who our God is. So here is my conversation with Harvest Vashta. Hi, Harv. Hey, Annie. Oh, this is so fun. Thanks for being on the oh, show. Oh, my gosh. Hey, remember that time that we I came up to Nashville and I spent the night at your house and we saw a movie? I don't even remember what movie it was. I don't either. But do you know what I remember most about that weekend is that you left a shirt at my house that is still at my parents' house because oh I brought it back. Oh, my gosh. I, I want that shirt back. You're wearing it, <laughs> you? You're wearing it right I now. I wore it today in honor of us recording this bar- podcast. Oh, my God. When, I've been wondering gosh, what year was that, Harvest? Was that two years ago, maybe? Two, I don't know. Like two, three yeah. years ago. That was such a fun weekend. You just came up for, were you riding up here? I think I was riding and just needed a place to stay. Yeah. And you, out of the goodness of your heart, just let me come crash on your really comfortable couch. That's right. That's right. It is old. So it has been it worn down. No, no, best night of sleep of my life. Well, there we go. Um, are, do you still come up here a lot? I mean, I feel like I've seen you up here a couple of times. Um, gosh, not as much as I should, honestly. I mean, I can go anytime I want because I'm an adult. Right, you're just, a grown up with a vehicle, so right, live your life. Um, so I just, I think I needed to make it a point to come up there more. But um, anyway, hey, you know where I am right now? No. I am at Square Church in Smyrna. Oh, where Eliza is a very yes. important person at Square Church. What yes. are you doing at Square Church? Um, I'm actually transitioning here. To oh, come tell to me church. everything. This is fine to be on the podcast, right? Oh, of course. Okay. No, I um, I love the pastors here, Phil and Emily. Listen, and can we just talk about Phil and Emily let's, for a second? Let's This whole podcast, let's talk about Phil and Emily. I've got to have an episode with Phil. I mean, they're just... They're some of the best pastors I've ever watched pastor. And here's the thing, like I've known them from about for about like two years and it's just been like a love fest between us yeah, for two years. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, it's just, I'm in a season of transition. And so it's just a no brainer. I'm like, I have to be a part of what's 
happening here. I mean, their church motto and their on their sign outside front is just like, we're a church that loves Jesus. I'm like, okay, so I should probably go there. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just evident. Like they're, it just, Jesus is all over this place. And so I'm just really What does that mean when you say that? Like what, what have you seen happen that made you feel that way? They have no reason to, I mean, I'm a stranger. I'm not, I mean, from the pastors, just to the people, from leadership and staff to anybody. I mean, there's like a tangible presence in this place that like Jesus is here and he's working and it's authentic and it's real. And, you know, honestly, I, I, I go to a lot of churches. It's what, you know, it's what we do. We, 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 you and I both, like we spend a lot of time in churches and right now in this season of life that I'm in, I'm like, I need a place I can thrive where Jesus feels right next to me. And there's no, there's no gimmick. There's no like professional quality about it. It's just Jesus is here raw and ready to embrace me if I say yes. And I'm like, I need to be in a place like that right now. And so I'm just really, really, really excited. And like, how, you know, I won't go into all the details and stuff, but how God like showed me over the past couple of months that I'm supposed to come here and just be a part of this community. It's been really special. And I just, I'm just really, really pumped. So you have to come back when yeah. I'm here. I will. I mean, I love coming to square when I'm there. How, yeah. I mean, I know you don't want to necessarily do details, but t- will you talk a little bit just for our so many people listening to this are probably going through hard times or going through transitions they didn't expect. Can you talk a little bit about your life? Yes. Okay. So about a year ago, I um, found out some like really devastating news about my marriage and I haven't even really begun to start talking about it and, you know, kind of letting it be known, but I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's just because it's you, Annie, that I'm willing, able to talk about it. Um, And so I've been in like this for this past year, I've been in this crazy season of trauma, of loss, of betrayal, of hurt, of rejection. I mean, the list can really go on and on, but in that, right. I mean, like we all know the song "Reckless Love," right? right. Like, I mean, everybody. My God, how timely! <laughs> like, like, and I think the funny thing is, and this is what God is doing in the earth. How timely is this song for every single stinking yes. person on the yes. earth? Yes. Once you get to the bridge of that song, there's no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up. I'm coming after you. There's no wall you won't kick down. There's no lie you won't tear down. I'm coming after you. And this year, I have never felt the all-consuming jealousy, persistent, faithful love of Jesus. I mean, it's insane. I mean, the way he's come after me, the way that he's shed light on things, the way that he has held me and, and carried me. And in so many ways, not just in this like spiritual, like love fest that we have for each other, but I'm talking like details, like financial yeah. details like people just handing me cash for no reason no really yes like it, it's insane i mean the amount of like connections that have happened and like hey what the enemy meant for your destruction i'm actually really going to turn that around and this is going to be the thing that like thrusts you into your greatest time <laughs> you know yes yeah and i just think that like seriously through suffering through pain through hurt, through all of these inner emotional turmoils and whether that be through relationship or through, I mean, take your pick. Suffering's like raging rampant throughout the world. So take your pick, you know, it's everyone is suffering and everyone is in pain in some shape or form, but like, my God, he knows and he sees and he's not ignoring you and he's calling you into real intimacy that can survive fire and I mean you've seen that yeah that you can that it is with God that you can survive I don't know how people do it without him dude I don't either OMG when I think of the amount of pain I've been through my one constant kind of like what in the world like how do people without Jesus like wake up every morning and then it makes sense I'm like well no wonder people are depressed and suicidal and and just freaking out and addicted and turning to this thing and and that 
I'm like, you can't, you can't walk through these kinds of levels of pain and suffering without an anchor. That's right. I mean, you have to have an anchor. You just get to choose what that anchor is. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So everyone walking through the worst days is going to pick an anchor. Absolutely. You just get to decide, is that anchor going to be something that is true and something that is lasting? Or are you going to anchor to a medicator that is going to temporarily make you feel better, but actually not heal you at all? A hundred percent. Yeah. That's what it is. And so part of this transition in your personal life is is also meaning a new community, a new church home, just trying to... Yeah, a fresh start. Like, yeah. it's okay, but God. But you're not moving to a new city. So talk about that. Talk about how you find a new life in a city you've already lived in. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think, you know, whatever church you're a part of, that's your community, right? Those are like your brothers and sisters and your family. And to be honest, like... The past year through my local church, we have experienced a revival. Like because of pain and vulnerability, we have worshiped because it didn't just affect me, it affected everyone involved. And so it's like when we when we're vulnerable with each other and when they can see me on stage worshiping every Sunday morning and just I don't care if I'm screaming or crying or praying or exhorting, they're like oh my gosh, this is the real deal because I know how messed up all of this is right now, but she's choosing to sing Reckless Love or she's choosing to sing How Great Is Our God or she's choosing to sing all of these, you know, like it really, it sparks something in our church. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the things I've been so sensitive about, like, God, you are using this not just to affect me, but to affect other people and you have such a bigger plan than, you know, I can imagine. It's not just a a selfish, like, well, this is happening to me. You know, it's like, no, you're going to do something beautiful with all of us, you know? And I think, um, you know, the choice to kind of leave the, the community and the church that I am, like I said, like, it's, it's just God driven. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but I do believe that there's, there's a place where God, um, you know, for me personally, but I think for anyone listening, like there's a place that he has for you to thrive. Even in pain is what you're saying. Even in pain. And there's a place where there is a clean slate and there's a place of being whole and being healthy and being able to um, not live in the past. I mean, I'm a person that I will replay my past. Like, I mean, just all day. And I'm like, stop it. Stop it. The past is gone, you know? And so I think that's, I mean, isn't that the message of the gospel? It's hope. It's hope. It's that there's a future. It's that there's something good coming that we don't have to stay in our past environments. We don't have to give into like, well, I'm I'm always going to be reminded of this and I'm always going to be in this kind of like funky thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to bring you from glory to glory. Like there's so much hope for you. I'm going to bring you into a place where you flourish. And again, I know this is kind of like a plug for square church, but like right now, <laughs> no, it's a plug for community. So keep going. Yeah. 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 If, there's, if you're ever in the area, come to Smyrna square church. Um, but yeah, it's like, find the, find the place where you thrive with Jesus. And um, he led me here and I am so incredibly excited because I know that I am going to, um, I'm going to be healthy. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Wow. What a, what an ideal. If we could all strive to be healthy in the Lord with ourselves, with other people, um, you know, I'm, I'm fully determined. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be broken anymore. And, you know, I've cried a lot in this last season. I'm like a crier. Mm -hmm. I just cry all the time. Um, but specifically in this last year, but it switched from being a crier because of pain to a crier because I'm whole, you know, like he's made me whole and people would be like, Oh my God, she really, you know, they see me crying at church and I'm just a complete mess. And they're like, wow, she must really be going through something. And I'm like, okay, let me like give you some insight into what's actually happened. Jesus has been so good to me that these are actually tears of wholeness and these are tears of gratitude and these are tears of thankfulness. Like I'm not a basket case. I'm a, I'm a basket case who's like in love and, and his whole. And I mean, isn't that like the, um, the woman that broke the alabaster box in front of his feet, you know, it's just like, 
man, to be able to, yes, cry because you're in pain and you're broken. But right now I feel like I'm in this like really crucial shift to like, I'm going to keep crying for the rest of my life because I'm whole and I'm thankful and I'm, I'm in love and this is so good. And God's brought me to green pastures and still waters. And I'm just really thankful. And talk about, so we haven't talked about that you're a worship leader and you have an album, but talk about how worship has played into this for you. Like what has been the power of worship, even when you didn't feel like it? And, and what's the difference between fake it till you make it and worshiping until you're actually worshiping? I think it's relationship. I mean, if I didn't have a clear understanding of who Jesus is, I mean, we've been through a lot of crap together and he has proven himself faithful and good every single time. And so I think when you begin to focus on how you're feeling, yeah, you may never want to worship because who feels great all the time? No one. But when you focus on a person and you're in love with that person, even in the midst of pain, you can press in. And I think that each Sunday morning um, this past year has been, I wouldn't even say it's been a decision um, to like, okay, get up, get dressed. You have to lead worship and everyone, you know, how, how incredibly terrifying is it to even just stand up in front of the people that they all know your your story they all know what's what you're going through and so it's like it it wasn't a decision to stand up there and be like okay I'm going to do this I'm standing up there because I I need to do like I have to do this like if I if I don't first understand Jesus's like like I said goodness and faithfulness for me and allow other people to see that I'm missing something like this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to, I mean, put the devil in the ground, first of all, and say, you didn't win. You, you haven't, you haven't destroyed my life. You haven't messed me up. In fact, the things that you planned against me to ruin me have actually become your worst torment because I am even more so going to sing how good Jesus is and my God, what he is walking me through. And I, I have a love that will never, I will never be rejected from like it. It has like knit me and and welded me into Jesus Mm. more than ever. And so I think it's like worship is kind of a no brainer because I'm thankful. And like I said, like there's hurt and there's pain, but also there's a a wholeness and there's a excitedness of like, he has me, he sees me, he notices me. He is, he is involved in every little detail and he said enough is enough and there's no shadow. He's not going to light up and no mountain. He's not going to climb up. Like he came after me. And I think honestly, like when we have that kind of revelation of Jesus as a lover as a brother, as a faithful God, I mean, worship is always going to be the greatest thing that you can do. You know, I know that was a long answer, but you know, no, no, no. That's, I mean, and the truth is, we need to hear that worship, when you don't feel like it, still does something and it still matters. Right. Cause no matter what's going on, Jesus doesn't change. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we have, we have things that change every day in different instances, but like, how incredible is it that we have one person, one man, like the old hymn says, like there's no shadow of turning in him. When everything else is inconsistent, he's consistent. When everything else is faithless, he's faithful. When everything else it makes you feel rejected and unworthy, he's going to always be the one that says, yeah, that's a lie. This is actually what I think about you. Like he's the guarantee of everything. And I think like, isn't that attractive? <laughs> like, right. why would you not want to go to him? Why would you not want to worship him? Why would you not, when everything is like a hurricane and a tornado around you, it's like, why would you not your first instinct to be run to the safe place, you know, then, then, oh, I'm going to just ignore Jesus for a while. I'm like, no, he's the one that's yeah. going to, he's the one that's going to like make everything better. Run to him, go to him. Right. He's the only one but that can does- fix it. 
I mean, doesn't it sometimes feel like the better answer is, I don't want to talk to God. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be in my pain because I know if I go to Jesus, he's actually going to look right at the pain. Like he's not going to pretend like it's not there. And so there are times for me where I go like, I, I just can't, do, I can't bring this to you because I, it's not that I don't want to be healed. It's that I don't want you to do the three steps it'll take for me to get healed. Right, exactly. Right, but the actual truth is that's exactly who we want to be, <laughs> exactly. and that's exactly where we want to go is right to him in our pain. Absolutely. I mean, he—he's for our good. Like he loves us more than anything. I mean, you can bring up the Genesis story of Adam and Eve, like the shame, the disobedience, the unworthiness, the blame, like all of the stuff that we feel when we're in sin. Like he wants to cover that and, and make things right. And he wants to do it in because of intimacy. He wants to be intimate mm-hmm. with us. He wants relationship. He wants uh, just purity in our, in our thoughts and actions like towards him. And so I think, you know, it's, I think acknowledge pain, acknowledge feelings. Listen, I'm a feeler. Like I want to feel everything. And there's a lot of times where I just sit in the middle of my living room and it's kind of creepy if someone walked in, but I sit in the middle (laughs) of my living room, I have music going on and I have a candle in front of me. And I've done this since I was like a teenager. Um, Yeah. Like all the lights are off and I'm just, I'm just sitting there and it's that, it's the Psalm that that David prayed, like search me, God, like know me, like see if there's anything wrong and and lead me in the way of everlasting the way that you want to lead me and yeah there's a sting that maybe comes comes with letting him really search you and letting him yeah. find find something that you know you know already is there probably um yeah. but letting him fully see it and be known by him but then realizing his character is good like his yeah. character is love like he in himself if he's consistent and his character is faithful, like he, he will never react out of anger because I'm his, like, it's just, you have to have like the reality of love, like search me. It hurts. I know I'm wrong. I know this is a stupid thing, stupid area in me. And this is a bad thought, but like, I know anything that you do when I put this on the table, you are going to respond to it out of love and for my Mm. good. And I mean, that's why we have, the best God in the world. Like what other religion can say that? Like when he sees weakness and failure and brokenness, he doesn't cast us aside and say, well, you better do this and this to be better. He's just like, Mm. oh, I love it. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And I'll give you this instead. Like we, we have the best (laughs) God there could be, you know, that's what fuels worship. That's what fuels me to be like, I'm a mess and I know it. I'm the worst person in the world. And I'm going to sing a song (laughs) about how good you are. I'm like, I fail every day and look at you. You know, it's like, yeah, that's what worship is. And we understand that's who God is, you know? Um, This is a random question, but do you know what your Enneagram number is? Oh, honey, I'm a four. You're a four. Yeah. You feel everything, huh? I feel everything and I can. But you also are so determined. I'm like, man, there's some eight in you, it feels like. But maybe you wing three. I'm going to cheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you do. You threes. My podcast has been full of threes this year. So I am like dark and brooding and just internal. Mm. And my gosh, my tendency really is depression. And I kind of thrive off of pain, but it pushes me to press in, you know, Mm. because I know I can't stay there because I would be my gosh, no one would ever be my friend or I would just be alone and miserable. Um, <laughs> because I have a bit of an achiever in me too. I'm like, you know what? I have pain and this is what I'm going to do about it. <laughs> you know, it's kind yeah, of like, a, yeah, I have pain and I will feel it, but also I will do something. Right. I can't, I know I just can't sit here like in the basement with a candle with the lights off. Like I got to kind of pull myself up. So Wow, Harvest. That is some real stuff, girl. You're not well, messing around. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not messing around ever. But I also think like in the last year to 18 months there has been a new not a new drive in you but a new level a new level of urgency. Yeah. Does that feel true even before all the things you talked about. 
there was something brewing in you and something new coming that that the last year of your life has really accelerated this this urgency. Is that the right word? Do you feel yeah. that? Oh, no, I absolutely feel urgent. So I feel like something has been brewing in me for a really long time. And here's the thing. I don't know. I mean, I think I might know why I'm like this, but, you know, I'm the youngest of five kids. So the youngest kid doesn't really have a say, right? The youngest kid doesn't have an opinion. Like, I don't feel comfortable about speaking up um, about what I want or what I don't want. Um, I can, you know, my, my number one, like spiritual gift is like adaptability. So I can pretty much just like adapt to whatever circumstance that kind of can make me like a pushover or just, I don't want to inconvenience anybody. I'll just kind of go with the flow. Um, and so I think for a long time, and of course being a four on Enneagram, I just kind of stewed and I've just brooded over a lot of stuff that I was seeing and I've been observant. And I think what has happened in this past year in the journey of, um, of pain and suffering, but also finding real identity, I've realized like I, I can kind of attach myself to different things. I've, I can attach myself to my parents because they're a source of strength. I can attach myself to my brother, Daniel Bashta, because he's, he he knows everything and knows how to do everything right and he's cool so and he has a lot <laughs> of tattoos cool. so i'm going to attach myself to that you know and for our friends who are listening your brother daniel basher wrote roar like a lion yes and God's he's a dead. worship leader as well yeah god's yeah. not dead sorry that's what it's called <laughs> roaring like a lion good song yeah roaring like a lion song so he is also a worship leader who yeah. writes as well um so i can you know i can associate myself and be like well i'm with him and then when you get married it, it becomes like well my God, I'm just going to be like this helper and I'm going to root for this person. And I'm going to just be all about him. And, and because of everything that happened this year, it was God being like harvest. I am going to just take away everything so that you're going to learn how to stand on your own. And honestly, the prayer that I've been praying is God, give me a backbone, give me a backbone because I feel the things from you, you know, I, I have like, like the scripture said this fire in my bones and I, you know, but I've been afraid to speak and I've been afraid to, you know, speak my mind or say, yes, I like that. Or no, I don't like that, you know, because I've just tried to almost like blend in and just go with the flow. Um, but this year has been really about identity and about like, Harvest, what has God called you to? In spite of everyone else, despite of how you were raised, despite of what you've leaned on in the past, like, what have I told you to do? And if I opened up every opportunity for you, would you be obedient and would you be strong enough to actually go into those places? Oh, wow. And so for me, you know, I came out with a new album, Preachers, um, this spring, but we actually worked on it last summer. Yeah. And, um, you know, people, one of their questions are always like, why the album Preacher? Like, why the name yeah. Preachers? That has yeah. nothing, you know, shouldn't a worship album be like, God, we lift your name up, you know, or like high praise worship album. And it's like, why, why did you name it Preachers? And for me, I'm like, because I'm tired of feeling something burning in me, but almost feeling like I have a muzzle on or I'm not sure if it's the right time or I'm not sure if it's true or I'm not sure if it's going to be received or maybe it's too much. Maybe I'm too much. Maybe I'm a little overwhelming and too much to handle. So I'm not just going to say anything. And, you know, even a worship leader, like, well, you just sing, you know, like you have a, you have a good voice. So like, we don't really want you to say anything. We just want you to sing. And I'm like, I enjoy that. There's good in that. But like, I believe I'm more than that. Like, I'm yeah. not just a singer. I'm not just like, oh, I'm going to come in, sing a couple songs and leave. I'm like, I feel like God is raising up singers with a preacher's anointing that don't just have good voices, but can actually like speak the word of the Lord into yeah, whatever situation or church or worship meeting or prayer meeting that they go into. And I'm like, I don't, I've always been like this. I'm not a girly girl. I don't, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm just more like masculine in my approach to things. And so one of my hesitations of being a worship leader was like, oh my God, they want me to 
sound good and look pretty. Mm. That's just what it like. They sound good, look pretty. Let's see if we can promote you, write some good songs and you become this personality. And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't do that. Like there, I mean, from an early age, there has been something that God has been establishing in my life and I feel it. And it's more than singing. It's more than music. It's more than songwriting. It's more than um, just, you know, getting albums out and what, you know, what tour you're going on and what kind of Christian personality you are. I'm like, Christianity is real. Jesus is real. Heaven and hell is real. Like we have to be urgent in this. We can't just build an industry and just be like, well, we just happily love Jesus. I'm like, he wants to speak to the churches. He wants us to feel his presence. We, he wants us to have a third grade awakening in America. He wants us to not play games, you know, anymore in the church. And I'm like, God forbid, I will, I will, by his grace, I never want to be just a cute songwriter. I mean, I just said I'm cute, but I mean, whatever. You are cute. Yeah. I mean, I'm cute. I'm, gorgeous and beautiful you're adorable for um, sure <laughs> but like i i don't want to just be a good voice i want to have like the word of god like wherever i am and i think christine kane said something and i posted it on instagram she's like people can be gifted there's so many people that are gifted everyone wants to be a worship leader everyone wants this whole package you know right. and she's like we don't need more gifted people we don't need them. She's like, we need people that are anointed and filled with the power and the reality of Jesus. And she says, there's the gifting doesn't break the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And yeah. we need more anointed people, people that are willing to get on their face before Jesus and just say, just have my life, have all of it. What do you want me to do? And get, you know, that message burning within them. You know, and there's, like I said, it's a phenomenon. Like there's so many gifted singers and worship people and we're all kind of striving after this like fame or popularity. And I'm like, my God, we need to just get before Jesus and ask for anointing because then I really think we could take over. Like (laughs) then we could take over. Yeah, that's right. Right. Like that's what's going to be. And and it's funny because it's like, we have this idea. We want to take over the church world. Like we want to be like affiliated with like Hillsong, Bethel, Elevation, all these play like, oh man, we want to take over. I want my music to take over. I want my voice to take over. And it's like, it's not even about that. Like we're supposed to take over the earth. (laughs) Like we're supposed to take over like unbelievers. We're not supposed to climb the ladder of like Christian success in the music industry. We are called and appointed and hopefully anointed to take over like, the world, not our Christian yeah. bubble, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm praying and I'm asking God to like raise up worship leaders and um, preachers. And, and you know, the first song on my album is called Preachers. And people again are like, I like that song, but I have no idea what that means. Like what in the world <laughs> is this song even talking about? And the song is talking about what we're talking about right now. Like in Revelation 11, there's these two witnesses and um, that come out of nowhere. And it says that they breathe fire. They can control weather patterns. They are like operating in signs and wonders, like nobody's business. And they have the attention of the world. And then, you know, crazy stuff. I mean, this is end time stuff. Crazy stuff happens. They end up dying. The whole world sees it. But then in three days, God raises them up and takes them up into heaven. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But when I first read that portion of scripture in revelation 11 as i was way younger and i was like oh man i want to be one of those two witnesses so bad oh, really yeah i mean this or is, how is my, that's this hilarious is how, yeah no this is how my little 12 year old brain that is so sweet <laughs> you're like that's who i want to be in the bible I stories know, yeah i'm like i know this is me like i know oh my gosh because they don't give a history of where these people these two guys are from they don't right they just come out of nowhere. And I'm like, what if it's me? Like, oh it could gosh. be me. And then I'm like, well, can girls, I'm, I'm kind of like sending out my job application to God. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, like, God, I could do that. I could be one of the two witnesses you talk yeah. about in Revelation. Yeah. I'm like, can girls just be don't be the Antichrist? Is there anything that disqualifies me from it? <laughs> I'm like, sending out my best resume to God. 
And, um, you know, it, in commentary, some people are like, well, you know, it's, we think it's, you know, Moses and Elijah, or we think it's uh, Elijah and like Enoch, or, you know, they give some, mm -hmm. but there's this, there's this third like theory that it's, it's actually not even two people. It's just the nameless, faceless. It's just anyone can participate in this. Anyone uh -huh. can, can participate in signs and wonders. Anyone in, can participate in power and authority in the secular places. Like it's kind of like, you know, a lot of numbers and uh, things in the Bible. It's not the literal number. It's an idea, you know? Right. And so the fact that there's two witnesses doesn't mean that there's necessarily going to be two people. What if it's like, no, we're talking about just like a movement. And so and then you're like, I can be in that. I can be there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, that, that is, I've been feeling like that since I was a little kid. So I'm, that I made crazy. the team. Like I'm in the squad. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, but we all, we all did if we want to. Like, okay, moms, cooks, cleaners, nannies, tax guys. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like anyone can be these two men that are walking in power and authority and releasing God's blessing and judgments on the earth. I mean, it's intense, but you know, that's like only a kid who has like an Enneagram four brain is going to read revelation 11 like that. I mean, I'm like fantasizing about this. All right, friends, I'm going to real quick interrupt this conversation with Harvest to tell you again how much I'm loving Prep Dish. So let me tell you about Prep Dish. Prep Dish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. When you sign up, you'll receive an email every week with a grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time. And after only a couple of hours of prepping, like on your Sunday night, you'll have all your meals ready for the whole week. So Allison, the founder who I adore, is offering all of you guys a free two-week trial if you want to try it out. You just can't beat that. So head to prepdish.com slash Annie for this amazing deal. That's prepdish.com slash Annie, and your first two weeks are free. If you ever have to put a code in, um, use my name, A-N-N-I-E, in all caps. So this is I'm telling y'all, y'all know I don't love being in the kitchen. You know I'm not great at it and I, just because I don't make time for it. But this has been great. It's so stress-free. The meals are awesome. Gluten-free, dairy-free, paleo, however you want to live, they can meet your needs. So make sure you check out Prep Dish. Again, for two weeks free trial, go to prepdish.com slash Annie. Now back to my conversation with Harvest. Let me tell you what my little brain didn't do is love revelation. When I was a kid, oh my, my sevenness, my like, <laughs> let's have a party, but let's not talk about pain. Oh I was God. like, no, we ain't reading it like that. That is I hilarious. Mean, yeah. It's so sweet though, that your brain was that tender. Oh yeah. I'm like, get me in the story. I don't know yeah. how I'm in the story, but there's a lot of references in revelation about like, you know, okay, there's, there's martyrs, there's those who haven't bowed, there's those who've washed themselves in their robes in the blood of the lamb, there's yeah. there's this remnant over here, there's the two witnesses, there's, I'm like, which one can I be a part of? <laughs> it literally is like, whatever the like sign up day for college is, you yeah. know? Where you just so like, Harvest, have you been a Christian since you were a kid? Yeah, I, okay. I was actually just talking to someone recently about this, like, I don't remember my conversion experience like and oh, I know really? that sounds crazy like and I and I I did certain actions like I got baptized when I was eight and then I got rebaptized when I was 16 because I was like I really want to solidify this and then yeah. I feel like my salvation has just been growing and being walked out and improving and you know but I remember um when I was like three or four and I was riding to church with my dad and he goes, Harv, let's just, do you want to just pray in the spirit on, you know, while we're driving to church? And I'm like, yeah. And so I just remember just speaking in tongues and praying in the spirit. Like it wasn't like a, okay, what now? Like, how are we doing this? It was just, I, I just saw what my parents were doing. I saw what was modeled in our church in Louisiana. I was born in Louisiana and it was just like a, oh no, God is real. Like this is really happening. Like this is just a natural way of life. Like what else, what else is there? You know? And so, like I said, like I, I made death, like 
very definitive, like, okay, it's no longer your God, it's my God. Um, you know, I made those kind of like stakes in the ground, but for the most part, I'm like, oh yeah, no, like this is, this is how we're supposed to live for sure. Yeah. So, and I'm fortunate, like, and I know not everyone has that upbringing and sometimes I'm even jealous. Like I don't even have a cool testimony, you know, like I don't, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful that, uh, you know, some people, get saved from real sin and addictions and bondage and brokenness. And it's beautiful. And then I look at my life and I'm like, you know what? I got saved from a lot of religion and a lot of pride and a lot of perfection and a lot of, um, you know, it's my own sin. It's not that one is better than the other. They're both sin and Jesus saved both. So yeah. So have you been writing songs as long as Daniel has? Have y'all been, did y'all like write songs, worship songs the whole time you were growing up? No, I did not. I did not want to sing or be a worship leader or be involved in anything. You just like wanted that. to be one of the characters in the book be, of Revelation. I was just focused on being a witness. Okay. <laughs> oh, my All word. of my energy was directed into Revelation 11. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, no, my brother my brothers were musicians and um, you know, at the time I just feel like uh, you know, there's a lot of great worship coming out, but it was all kind of like very soft spoken, like high pitched woman voices. And um, even like the men were kind of like, they're delicate, they're fragile. They're worshiping Jesus. It's like David with a harp, you know? And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but I'm like David, like with a a sword and, a slingshot like I felt wow. I just felt like more aggressive and so I'm like well you know frankly speaking I'm like well worship is for the pansy emotional people mm. and I am going to be a, a preacher a prayer leader a yeah. you know whatever and um so I kind of wrote it off and then um someone came through our church and uh, prophesied over me in the song of the Lord and I've never been more aggravated with a prophetic word than that. I'm like, oh really? my God, please. Like, you obviously do not hear from God because <laughs> like the song of the Lord people, number one, it's, I feel like maybe they're like flaky or weird or just want to like sing, you know, and do do their own thing. And I'm like, okay, right. well, that's not me. And um, we had like an emergency situations in one of our prayer times where the the worship leader couldn't show up and um, you know, my mom plays the piano. So I think everyone just thinks that we're musical right off the bat. And, uh, the, the prayer leader guy was like, Harvest, can you jump on the piano for this two hour prayer slot? And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't do that actually. Yeah. And he's like, no, and no. how old are you at this point? I was 16. Okay. Um, and he's like, no, like, it'll be good. There's no one in here. Literally. It was just like an old grandma and like me. And um, he's like, no, it'll be good. Like, just play what you know type of thing. So I played mm. three chords for two hours. And I didn't know any songs that went with those three chords. And so I just opened up my Bible and just started singing. And I remember leaving that time after two hours being like, what was that? Like, I could do that. Like, you just felt it in you. Yeah. I was like, number one, that was easier than I thought. Number two wow, I, I'm, I could create these choruses. Like it, like, you know, I just love the word. I love the songs. I love scripture. And so just, you know, being spontaneous and kind of rearranging things. I'm like, wow, that came really easy. And so I remember just being like, all right, if they ask again, I'll do it. Like, I'm not going to say no, because now I know that I can. Right. And, um, and, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. They asked again and again and again and again. And now I'm doing what I'm doing. And so Daniel and I never wrote together. We actually are, I feel like our real relationship started when I was 20. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was kind of off doing his own thing. He right. lived a couple of different places. And then uh, he came up to visit. Um, and how much older is he than you? Eight years. Okay. Yeah. So I was just still kind of like this squirmy kid just trying to like tag along with her parents. Right, right, right. And um, he came to visit and uh, he heard me sing Song of the Lamb with a band, our church band. And he was like, what? Like, 
I didn't know you could sing. I didn't know you could write. I didn't know. So he's the one that got me into all of this. I would never have said like, yeah, this is what I want to do. But he's like, hey, next time you come down, get three of your best songs and I want to like make them into a demo. And so for anyone that's listened to uh, my first EP that came out in 2010, it's called Make Us Ready. That's what that was. It was like, okay, we have three days. Let's lay down these three songs and then let's just see what happens. And yeah, I still hear people be like, oh my gosh, that EP, like it, it's, we sang it in our college group. We sang it in our church. And it's just funny because it's like, I, <laughs> I didn't, do anything like I didn't try I didn't um I I wasn't with a label I didn't have any kind of like promotion or marketing deal with anybody it was just like here's these three songs and just we're gonna kind of release it into the world and um you know I kind of was just like well god I'll just keep doing this as long as you like let me and open doors and I feel like I'm you know being obedient and I mean it's been gosh it's been eight years later. That is the song I want you to talk about, by the way, is Song of the Lamb, because that song is unbelievable. And you know, I mean, I quoted you in Let's All Be Brave. I put the lyrics in Let's All Be Brave because that song so has changed my life. Tell me about writing that one. Okay, so Song of the Lamb uh, was probably the second song that that I've written. The first one was Only One. And that was in the Curtains album. It's the last track in the Curtains album. Um, But Song of the Lamb, um, I just remember reading, again, in Revelation. My God, why am I so obsessed with Revelation? Serious. (laughs) You're my only friend that's obsessed with that book. I don't know. I'm just a weird kid. If this is any indication of like what I I, like it. like Yeah, I was like a loser that loved Revelation. Stop. um, But I was reading (laughs) Revelation. And... uh, it, co- it comes on the scripture of, um, you know, the saints all gathered together and they sang a new song before the lamb and, and, uh, and unto the throne. And it was, you alone are holy, great and marvelous are your works. Like you have like poured out your judgment and you're worthy. You know, it's all, it's all of that kind of throne room throne room language. And so um, I had read that scripture, but also around the same time, I had heard the story of these two young men that were um, alive in the 1700s. And they were um, in Germany called this, like this community called um, the Moravians. And God was just doing stuff in their community. And these, these two young guys, like they just decided to do something really radical. And they were like, you know what? Um, they had heard about this island in the West Indies where they had like thousands of slaves being kept on this island. And the owner of the island was an atheist and wouldn't let um, anyone come and preach the gospel or, you know, talk about Jesus or anything. And so when these two guys heard this, they were like, okay, let's like, we feel called to do something about this. And so the only way to get there was to sell themselves into slavery. And so they, you know, they signed up for the boat. They got their chains put on and they went on the boat. It says that um, when the time came for them to leave, that their family and their loved ones were just lining the shore and crying, um, you know, saying goodbye. And it says that as the boat pulled away, that these two guys linked arms with each other and shouted back to the shore, may the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. And, from unreal i mean uh, what a thing what a last thing to say i mean i you know i for, for me i'm like i would say like i love you you know right. like something, something very human but they were like he's worthy like he's just worthy of this what we're doing he is 100 percent worthy of so like don't weep don't cry the lamb <laughs> the lamb is worthy may he receive the reward of his suffering and so um that phrase may the lamb receive the reward became their like mission statement of their community and like a mission movement started. And it was kind of like the, the start of a lot of, I mean, 24 seven prayer and worship and, and missionaries being sent out. And so I was just so inspired by that story that I'm like, man, we have got to turn that phrase into an anthem that we sing again. Like it's not, yeah, it's not just yeah. good enough to be a story and, and like a nice little, like, you know, history 
thing in a book. I'm like, this has to be living like that. The spirit that these two young guys had, man, what if there was another student movement like that? Thousands and thousands of kids crying out, made a lamb receive the reward of a suffering. Like, um, and so my goal was to try to put that in song form. And again, revelation was just what I was reading at the time. And, you know, it just, it fit together. And I'll be honest with you. I had no idea what chords I was playing, even when I wrote that song, because I didn't know chords yet. And so Uh -uh. everyone's so mad at me when they, um, ask for chord charts or like churches try to play it because I wrote it in a flat. That's like not a good key. I basically was just like, Uh. I'm just going to push all the black keys and see which ones work together. And so (laughs) so that is literally, I had to have someone come and translate what I was playing. And there's like, okay, there's good news and there's bad news. The good news is that this is a good song. The bad news is that like, this is like the worst key to play the song in. And I'm like, well, you know what? This is how God gave it to me. So I'm sticking with it. So to everyone that has downloaded that chord chart and every beginner musician or aspiring musician or whatever, I just want to make a public apology. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This one's so hard to I play. I didn't know what I was doing. I <laughs> The lyrics are just so beautiful. I mean, like I think about that story every time I hear it, this idea of like, and I say it a ton when I pray on stages or in my and in my own life, like, okay, God, do whatever it takes for Jesus to receive the reward for his suffering in my life. Because your song says, starting with me. Yeah. I pray that all the time. Okay, Jesus, receive the reward for your suffering, starting with me. Like, do whatever you need to do with my life so that you get the reward for the suffering you went through. I mean, I think that's the goal. That's the kind of Christianity Jesus is calling us to. Like, when we say something like that, we say... I'm not withholding anything from you. I'm not yeah. going to try to keep some of my life and maybe kind of have this, this secondary plan for myself. And, you know, it's like, no, I'm all in. Like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go be a missionary in Zimbabwe? Do you want me to like do inner city mission? Like, like what do you, like my life is, is revolving around Jesus and his mission and what he has called yeah. me to. I'm not trying to have a good life and then squeeze in maybe a little bit of, you know, Christianity, good old time religion. It's like, no, I'm serious about this. Do you want me to be a martyr? I'll be a martyr. Like what you like? I'm, I am surrendered fully to you. And, you know, I think we've maybe lost, you know, as you mentioned before, like that urgency of just kind of being comfortable and being just, tame and vanilla like yeah it's like no that's that's not what jesus called us to and he said yes. come and follow and we're not me. talking about personality types we're not talking about like quiet extroverts versus extroverts we're not talking about people who um stand on stage or stay in the back of the room we're actually talking about what is burning inside of you and what is like the the urgency we're talking about has nothing to do with your personality it has to do with what you actually believe about jesus and yes. what your neighbors and friends need to know he's our Lord. He's our master. Like he's, yes, he's our friend. He's our lover. He's father. But like, also I'm like, you're my Lord. You're my master. What do you want me to do? Like I, I am given over fully to you. Like order my steps. I'm living on mission here. Like it's not just like, wow, I get to have this really cool friend and the Holy spirit and just kind of like enjoy life, which we will enjoy life in Jesus. But also there's, there has to be this, this thing inside of you that says like, I was created for something and I want to fulfill that something in my lifetime for his reward because he's worthy. Yeah. You know, girl. Okay. You just come on with all that. You just showed up ready to go. I just, (laughs) but isn't that kind of what suffering does to you? Yes. I am like just overflowing everywhere. It's, it's kind of even aggravating to myself sometimes. Oh my gosh, it's not aggravating at all. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I just, man, he's, he's mine. I'm his, there's, I'm fully given over to this man and I love him. So man, you're amazing. Okay. Well, but listen, we do have to talk about one other thing before we go. For starters, we're for sure going to tell people to get preachers. Can you get preachers? You can get it on iTunes, right? You can get preachers, iTunes, uh, Spotify, 
Amazon, Google, I mean, wherever. Yeah, I love it. And uh, Song of the Lambs on it, which makes me real happy. Yes, we did a little remix of Song of the Lambs. So yeah. the full band version is on my first EP, Make Us Ready. And then we did kind of like, I don't, I don't know what you would call it, but it's just a... A remix. I like that it's idea. Just, yeah, it's just a remix uh, uh, in this Preacher's album. So Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so here's the last question that we always ask on the show. You've preached. You've said all the serious things. Yeah. But... What do you do for fun? What does Harvest Bashta do for fun? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I love seeing movies. I will see I know that's why we went and saw a movie when you were here. I do too. We went and saw movies. I don't know. I mean, it's just an escape. It is an escape yeah. from yeah, reality. Absolutely. Sometimes it's hard to get my mind turned off. And I literally have to tell myself, have fun. Like just be a fun person that enjoys life like it's crazy I have to convince myself to do that but there's something about the experience of going to see a movie it's intentional you go you drive there you pick which movie you get popcorn and M&Ms and a Coke Icy and you sit in the dark theater and you you just like let whatever experience is on the screen just kind of you just get absorbed in that for like you know just two hours it's just two hours and then and it was a great time, you know? So yeah, um, yeah. I love seeing movies. I have that movie pass where you pay $10 oh, a month. Oh, girl, me too. Oh, my God. And you can see you can see one movie a day. Yes, but did you see that they had to change it now for people who are starting now? And you can see four a month, I think. Four a month? So we better live it up. Yes, they changed the rules for new people. For those of us who bought in at, at one a day, we can still have one a day. But you better live it up for the rest of this year because I bet it changes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, right. I know, but because of movie pass, you can just do whatever you want. Yes. I, yeah. and I, you don't feel guilty about it. You're nope. like, no, this is, this is You're like, I didn't love that movie. It didn't cost me anything. Right. Exactly. There's no yes. pressure. I, I can be a critic and be like, I hated it or I loved it. I don't care. I got to eat popcorn and M&Ms. So should be happy. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Be honest. I mostly came for the snacks and then I just got to watch something while I ate that. That's the real reason. That's right. That's right. I mostly came for the Coke Icy. Right. <laughs> um, have you seen a movie lately that you loved? Um, well, of course, Avengers. Um, yeah. I love that. I know I know people have are all up in arms about different things. I won't give any spoilers, but I'm a huge like superhero nerd like most people, I guess. Um, so I enjoyed that. And then um, A Quiet Place was awesome as well. Listen, I just saw it. Oh, man. It's so beautiful. The thing I loved about A Quiet Place is it invited you in to the reality of what was going on. So like when I would like adjust in my seat and the seat would squeak, uh-huh, I would uh-huh. be like, I'm a goner. I'm a yeah. goner. <laughs> you know? Or you would see this like obnoxious guy in the front of you like chomping on his snacks or like opening up a bag and you're just yeah. like, I'm like, you're, you are dead. Yes. <laughs> you are dead. Do you know what? And I think this is not spoiling anything for anyone. It actually, I wish I'd have known. I'm glad they tell you this really early. But the idea that the monsters aren't targeting people, they're blind and they respond to sound. That right. made it way, way less terrifying. It didn't make it exactly. less suspenseful. But it's not coming after humans because it wants to kill humans. It literally is blind and is just killing sounds it here. here. So right. it's still killing, I guess, to be fair. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's still kind. But yeah, I thought it was so much more beautiful than I ever knew it was going to be. I was like, man, that is that is a super beautiful movie, actually. It is. I there there hasn't been a movie that probably affected me that much uh, as an experience than like Inception. Um, really? Yeah, Inception was like this is blowing my mind right now, and I think uh, yeah. a quiet place did this. I think the concept yeah. was just very interesting. So I did too. I I hope it wins awards and things because I thought I don't even I don't like horror movies. I don't see them, but everyone just kept talking about it, so I had to do it. Right. And I was and I had movie pass, so I was like, I, I can get up and walk out of this movie, and it didn't cost me nothing. Exactly. And Man, I'm I wish just we so, lived I'm, in the same city. We could go. See girl, them. we would go to movies all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You got to You got to just come up here more. I know. I will. I'm only three hours away. Yeah. It's breezy. Um, thank you for being on the show, Harvest. Thank you for doing this. You've brought some really strong words for us and I am super thankful. Oh, I love you, Annie. I love you so much.
I mean, listen, doesn't that just make you want to take a deep breath? Man, Harvest just came in hot. She wasn't even kidding. We did like, uh, for y'all to know, y'all know this about me. We literally just hit record as soon as my friends get here. And so we didn't do any prep talking. That is literally where she started off. Man, that girl is not messing around. Hey, make sure you grab a copy of Preachers by Harvest. And you will, if you just, when I was searching for it on iTunes, I just did Preachers Harvest and it came up. It kind of has like a plum reddish cover. So you can also look in the show notes as well as on the blog post on my website to get all the information. Definitely check out Harvest Stuff. Follow her across the internet and tell her thanks for being on the show. And listen, if you know someone who has been through a hard time lately and is trying to figure out who God is, would you share the show with them? It just means the world to me when someone will tell me they've been thinking of me and send me a book or a podcast to listen to or a sermon to listen to. So just drop it in someone's text messages. It, it may go farther than you could ever know. So, hey, if you need anything from me, as you know, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs across the internet, every corner, wherever you need to find me, I am there. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you need, I am there. So hope you guys have a great week. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and we will see you next Thursday.